Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady, the Blueprint Finale. This is the last episode in this series of conversations that began with Buddhas and Bananas and has found its finish in the blueprint. And all of these have come out of the great book by Malcolm Smith called Toxic Love. I've made the offer on today's episode. If you don't have a digital PDF copy of Toxic Love, but you'd like one, then please email me at nancy at nancymccrady.com and we will get that sent to you. Now, we would appreciate any donation that you can give to Nancy McCready Ministries. You can go to nancymccrady.com and do that at any time. But my friends, if you make the request and you want a copy of Toxic Love, whether you donate to the ministry or you don't, we are going to send this to you. I want to pass this message on in every way that I possibly can. So take a listen to the Blueprint Finale, and I pray that you'll be so encouraged today. You'll pass these on to other people. You will subscribe to Tent Talk. You'll give us a five-star review because this is what helps us to be able to get the message out. It helps people to be able to find the podcast more easily. So in any of those ways that you're able to be a partner to the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Love you all. Enjoy the finale episode. All right, here we are. Probably, I think, the last episode of The Blueprint. But, you know, at this point now, I don't trust myself. I could get to the end of the episode and say, oh, no, just one more. Right, because how many of you know, as always, we're, we're just hitting you know, the tip of the iceberg. This is an entire way of learning to live day in and day out, my friends. And uh, I realized as I was preparing for today that actually the last two or three uh, sections that I've been reading out of chapter five are actually in the context of Malcolm having responded to a letter that someone wrote him after hearing him teach on this subject of toxic love, and he was writing a letter to them, quite lengthy. It's like almost uh, the whole last section of chapter five. But I wanted to make sure that I backed up and put this in its proper context as I read uh, the last two uh, sections that this is in the context of him writing a letter uh, because someone had asked him, well, how do we love others as God has loved us, right? How will we do this? How do we love as true followers of Jesus? So Malcolm has been responding to her letter, and uh, then he put that letter uh, here in chapter five, so I want to um, I want to finish this up uh, by uh, continuing uh, reading uh, these last two sections. Now, this one says daily battles to be won. 
So let's just see what else Malcolm is saying to this person. Her name in the book is Sally. Each morning, be aware that you must be on your guard or you can very quickly be pulled back into the old paths. You are involved in a war, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another. Galatians 5.17 When you see a need, you will probably feel the pull of the flesh to handle it as you always have in the past as if you are responsible to fill it. There will also be an army of people you have unwittingly drawn towards you who expect you to be their refuge, strength, and the Messiah who is always there for them. As they come once more into the orbit of your life, this time it may be well to share with them a testimony of what God has done with you and then make it a matter of prayer as to what, if any involvement, you are going to have with them. There is another subtle temptation you should be aware of. People are going to share their needs with you today, not because they want you to get involved, but because they want someone to talk to. Do not run their needs through your flesh computer, which will distort God's will for you and interpret their sharing as asking you to help. Offer your ears to Jesus so that he may teach you to listen and pass all the information on to him in prayer with no compulsion to get involved. Remember, Sally, you now live from the solid base that you are not a self-pleaser, not a people-pleaser, nor a need-meter, but a father-pleaser in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know the nature of the temptation now, the old inclination to find love and acceptance in people instead of in God. You choose not to respond with the inner words, if I don't, who will? Well, I guess I should, or okay, just this once. No, this time you are making these things truly a matter of prayer and you will not be pressured. Learn to live in submission to the Lord Jesus and not to needs and people. When all is said and done, the only way you can meet anyone's needs is by being submitted to him. You are no longer driven to become involved with every need or person who drifts across your path. Instead, you pray, Father, I thank you that you are this person's refuge and strength and the perfect answer to their need. If you want to use me beyond my committing them to you now in prayer, I am available. If not, I leave them in your hands, and I thank you that they are safe with you. Now, don't go overboard, which the flesh loves to do. If you are being paid to do a job, you do not have to ask the Father whether you should do it. Rather, you should pray for the strength to give it your total attention and do it to the best of your ability. If, however, you are doing someone else's work, which they are paid to do, and neglecting yours, that situation needs the renovating power of the Spirit. And if I know you, Sally, you probably have been the mother hen to everyone you work with, feeding their laziness and irresponsibility by doing their work and neglecting your own. 
And don't start asking God if you are supposed to continue being married to Arthur. You have only one responsibility there, and that is to let the Holy Spirit show you any area where toxic love is eating away at your marriage and to renounce it. Seeing through Jesus' eyes. Malcolm continues. Communicating with the Father through Jesus Christ, who is your life, may sound strange to some, but it is your truest sense of reality. For this you were made, to live in communication with your Father and live with his life. It is perfectly normal to live by his direction rather than by oughts and shoulds or guilt feelings, all of which belong to the flesh. It is only in a world of abnormals that normalcy seems odd and different. As you are freed from the bondages of toxic love, you will begin to look at people in a new way, through Jesus' eyes. You will see more clearly that God is at work in their lives, and for you to rush in and fix them to the specifications of your personal biased blueprint will probably frustrate what God is about to do. Remember how Jesus handled Peter. If he had rescued Peter from confronting his empty self, we would never have heard of the blustering fisherman. God allowed Satan limited access to Peter in order to bring him to a real death to all trust in himself, so that he might discover for himself the life of Jesus united with him. As a little boy, I saw a butterfly struggling to free itself from its chrysalis, I took a razor blade and delicately cut him loose. But the poor creature never flew, and it died on the window seat. Later I discovered that the butterfly's wing muscles receive their strength for flight in the process of coming out of the chrysalis. How many people have we rescued into utter weakness and spiritual death? Sally, you must learn that you are not God, and your place in the lives of others is to bring them to him and leave them with him as you uphold them in prayer. You will know when you have fallen into the ways of the flesh in this area because all of the old disgust with yourself and people will be back along with your frustration and self-hate. Do not plunge on like a runaway horse. And don't withdraw in despair, calling yourself a failure. Just stop and receive forgiveness, then get out of whatever flesh involvement you are in. Emotional freedom is not going to happen overnight. You are going to gradually grow into a continual realization of the love of God and a genuine love for people, accepting them as they are and not as you think they should be putting them into God's hands and recognizing they are his project instead of making them yours. There will be some people to whom you know the Father wants you to minister, and you will give yourself to God for the task and do it in the power of his Spirit. However, you must understand that this does not mean that the person will respond. If you are doing the work for them and for your own sense of identity and meaning, then such a response will make you mad at them and you will dismiss yourself as an abysmal failure. But if you have followed me so far, then you will see that your success in life is in having done what the Father wanted you to do. 
you are free to feel the longing of the Father's heart for the people without expecting or relying upon anything from them in return. Jesus spoke on the streets of Jerusalem, but they rejected him. Finally, he stood on Olivet and wept with great sobs. It would seem to us that he had failed. But his sobs were not out of frustration or anger, but for the people who had turned down their only hope of salvation. He went on without any sense of being a failure, for he had done the Father's will. In a sense, you are entering into the adventure of the Christian life for the first time, even though you have been born again for ten years. It is the adventure of letting Jesus live his life of divine love through you. Step out and start walking on the water. He will teach you. In Christ Jesus, M.S. So, remember, that was in the context of a letter that uh, Malcolm had written to uh, a person who had asked him questions. And this is so very vital to begin to ask questions because probably you could begin to pick up on there was no formula in all of that. Right, the nuance, my friends, the subtle distinctions, the the ability to be able to hear the Father and be able to respond as He calls you to respond in situations. Now, we become overwhelmed at this because we think, "My, how will I know how to, you know, behave?" And all. yes, my friends, yes, it is overwhelming. Yes, it is. So sit back and relax and rest in the truth that God's expertise is he knows how to raise his sons. He knows how to lead us, develop us, mature us. Ours is to let him. Ours is to allow him, right? And to understand that you're in a deep process of unlearning, learning, relearning, and that it's a daily life with him. Many times we don't realize how driven we are. We think somehow we're going to miss our destiny. I've got to get to this. I've got to get this accomplished. My friends, God is raising you from a baby to a fully mature son. That is going to be happening every day of your life. Right? Today is a new day. No matter what time zone you're in, for me it's about 920 a.m. in Europe time. And I know that I'm going places today. I've been before. I'm going to talk with people that I know well. But I also am very aware that I am going to be stepping into situations, circumstances, conversations I've never had yet. And my dependency upon him grows every day. I don't think I've got this down. I don't think Oh, yeah, I I know what to do. You know, I'll just keep reapplying all these things. Yeah, I know truth and I know his ways to the point that I know them up to this point. But I also know that I'm deepening with him. He is making me more aware of his heart. He does show you things sometimes before they happen. He'll say, now, I'm going to show you that there are going to be. I'm not saying he tells me exactly but he does, he does alert me to things before they happen. And he'll say, now in this situation, let me get you ready for your response or how I want you to lead 
this person or not lead this person, but how I want you to, to maybe encourage them, right? And that is a very specific way of living. There is no formula. It's not, here's my checklist today. I need to get up early. I need to exercise. I need to drink water. I need to spend time with God. Check, check, check. And now I'm going to go on about my day, trying to be the best person that I can be doing random acts of kindness. My friends, come on. (laughs) Now, if that's all you know to do, okay. But trust me, he's going to move you on from that. All right. I'm not here to condemn you if that's what you're doing. What I'm alerting you to is he is definitely going to be maturing you. The more you let him love you with his love, you begin to come out of these toxic ways. You begin to actually follow Jesus in the way he lived with the father, the way he grew as a human, um, as a son, right? As he was in deep preparation all of his life for the, the ultimate of his assignment, so are you. And there is a growing uh, and a growing up. You will begin to mature in your appetites and mature in your thinking. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 tells us mature in your thinking, right? Is it his thinking, how he thinks? He also, by the mind of Christ, shows you things. You see things as he sees them uh, via the mind of Christ, And he will begin to show you things that you did not see before. He will alert you to things. And he's meeting your needs as you go. Now, he does all that. I stay leaned in. This is like my big... (laughs) I stay leaned in. Listening, talking with him, observing, right? And it becomes an habitual way of life. I don't have to methodically, consciously think about everything because it has become my habitual way of life. And so I've, I've been in conversations recently about something new, a new way that God is, I think, building within me uh, for people to be able to enter in and to really learn this way of life, to say, yeah, how, how has he loved me and how might I love others and What does that look like, say, within marriage? What does that look like when when freedom begins to come to the sons of God? I'm just going to tell you guys, church is going to look different. Because a lot of what motivates people to be faithful in church is they want the attention and the approval of the pastor. Well, if they get free, guess what? It doesn't mean that they're not going to love their pastor. But let me tell you, it is going to shift the entire systemic way um, that much of things, many things in church get done. Because people are going to pass through a little bit of death unto life, death to all that people pleasing. And they're going to be like, I can't find any motivation to do all that anymore. Ah, but wait, wait, the spirit of God is stirring within. And as they awaken to the love of the father, it matures them. They begin to realize, ah, wait a minute. I'm moving with the Father. So my assignment, my giftings, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm willing now to walk with him and live with him. And 
in many cases that may not look that different on the surface, but oh my, the entire underground, (laughs) right? The source, where is it springing up from? And so guilt-laden preaching and, you know, jazzed up preaching and all that, it's just not going to work on people as they mature. Because the the life of Christ within you and his love does not compel you to please men, but to please the Father. Now, when you have core leadership that are also motivated that same way, oh, wow, oh, my, there could be a body of Christ that begins to move slowly but surely, steadfastly, consistently, and in the power of Holy Spirit. Because he is the one enabling us to live. He's the one pouring in the love of God. And this may seem oversimplified to you, but listen, when God says, I'm about to, you know, tear down so that I can build up, we need to get real with him about what that could possibly mean. Because in the introduction to grace, many people throw off all restraint. Now they basically look at their pastor or their leader or or whatever structure they're in, and they're like, I don't have to do any of that. You know, I'm like, okay, hold up, right? Remain, stay, abide, continue. As the Father matures you, right? Because then you will want to engage in the Father's work. Right? Because just as sure as God chose you out in love before the foundations of the world in Christ, that you might be fully maturing sons, Ephesians 1, 4 and 5, uh, he just as surely, Ephesians 2, 10, it says you are his workmanship and there were works that were created also beforehand for you to walk in with him. So anyone that says that they're in the grace of God, but they don't have to work, they don't have to do anything, right? This is, this can be, yes, the introduction to that freedom that real true love of God brings. But as you stay in that love with him, oh, it will mature you and you will live as Jesus. You will live as a maturing son who says, Father, wait, wait just a minute. Father, what is it that you have desired? What, what is it that you want? I am so satisfied in you, your life in me, is awakening to you and to others because my need is so met. Now I don't have to spend my whole life (laughs) focused on myself. Ah, amazing that from this fatness, this profuse spiritual fatness that is in me and is flowing more and more into my soul and quickening my body, if you will, (laughs) okay, wow, the fruit of it is I lift up my head. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. I'm like, whoa, look at all these people around. Father, was there something you were wanting to do? But it does not come, as the book was telling us, it does not come from a compulsive, driven, I have to meet the needs of people, you know, so God will bless me. No, no, no. My friends, all Spiritual blessings are already yours in Christ. All promises have already been fulfilled in Christ. Right? We are receiving of him. And now we are living in him, with him, and abiding as Jesus did. So you can see this is quite an education. There is no simple little formula, right, 
And it is an intense growing up, an intense maturing that is going to bear fruit that will remain. These are not simple little slogan things that we can make happen on our own. And I know, I mean, he's done it before. He can do it again. (laughs) This is our generation. Will we be those who simply allow the Father to love us and we continue to grow and we realize there are works that he wants to realize through me. Now, the ultimate, penultimate, completely finished work of Jesus, my friends, has been done. So we live from that place of total victory. But in this generation, we are those who would go, if you will, and gather up the spoils of his total victory, right? We are here to gather up, right, in that deep work with God. And, and sometimes, my friends, just in the, this is why I love the writings of the old saints that would just tell the truth. This is like the, in the ordinary drudgery of every day, <laughs> right? I mean, this is not some hyped up, glamorous way of life. No, it is not. And who knows what we're being prepared for as we allow him to simply love us today and we mature today. Who knows what is coming? Well, we, we need to allow him, right? Because he knows. And he will share things with us. And we will be able to love others as he has loved us. But be careful where you take your lessons from. Don't take Christian lessons from the devil. Because let me tell you what, he has unfortunately, been a bit successful at burning out the church where she's bitter, shut down, not doing it anymore. I'm over it, you know, casting off restraint. Because for years, many people actually were living in a deal with God. God, if you heal my child, I'll serve you all my days. Mm -mm, No, either you were called before the foundations of the world or you were not. There are no deals. Expiration dates, my friends, those deals, God was never in that deal. God doesn't have to make deals. He cut a covenant with us in Jesus Christ. I'm not like, oh God, if you deliver me out of this sin, I'll go anywhere you tell me to. No, no, no. You you begin to realize this amazing sense of destiny. It's like, whoa, he chose me out before the foundations of the world. I am now stepping into the life with him that he had always written down. There are no deals. I haven't made some deal with God, because let me tell you what, after a while, you're less and less motivated by that. It wears out, thank God. Those deals are not on, my friends. And what happens is, is people have been working from their old work ethic, and I should do this, and and there's this whole martyrdom within ministry, all of that. And, you know, and Malcolm wrote about that in Toxic Love. And, and this is like, that's not going to make it, my friends. Mm-mm, that's not going to make it to the end. The only thing that will, quote, make it to the end is his life within us. And we don't want to be those that are just clinging on, right? Let's live as we were meant to live. And yes, that will... Um, that will have certain assignments and tasks. and But the only motivation, my friends, like I'll be sharing this this weekend again at Cross Encounter, 
There's only one proper motivation. It is to know him. This is the only thing I promise you, is him. Now, see, that'll never be enough for flesh, because flesh is like, what? (laughs) How boring. (laughs) Flesh finds God very, very boring. That's why it has to juice up everything and jazz up everything. My friends, if you actually encounter him, mm -mm. you're not going to ever have to be jazzed up another day. You're not going to live on some weird, soulish, emotional high with God. You're going to live like knowing him. No matter what's going on, there's an internal, interior life. And there is the cultivation of that oneness with him. That no matter what you're living through outwardly, he is my life, my joy, my love. He is everything. And as I sit here in my just regular old hotel room, getting ready to pack my regular old suitcase, (laughs) go down and meet my friends and go, my friends, we're not living on some high over here in the nations, right? Right? We're just working, right? And we are able to remain consistent, are we not, and steadfast? Because more and more we run, well, this is for him, right? To reconcile people to him, right? You've heard of this, the ministry of reconciliation. (laughs) In Christ, he was reconciling the world to himself. And now we have this ministry of reconciliation. It's like, hey, (laughs) have you heard? He wanted you before the foundations of the world. Have you heard what they have done, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Do you know them? Right? So, the powerful love that is God himself, my friends, takes all the complicated things that flesh produces and brings the most magnificent simplicity to it all. He loves us. He loved us first. And we let him love us, and his life within us begins to mature and break open, season by season, year by year. We're growing up unto him, and we'll labor with him, and he will gain many to himself. But it will be his way, right? And that's why we'll give him all the glory, and all the fruit is his, and we'll lay everything at his feet. He produced it within us. We simply remained. We stopped running off, whoring ourselves and looking for love and everything else but him. So as we close out the blueprint, right, and we close out Buddhas and bananas and we close this part out, but I do pray it goes on and on and on and that there has been a hunger that has been stirred in you and that you... um, Let him love you. If you don't have a copy of Toxic Love and you would like to have, um, and you would like to have uh, the PDF that we could email to you, you can email me at nancy at nancymccrady.com. I'd like to say for any donation of any amount, but you know what, my friends, (laughs) donation or no donation. I will be more than glad to pass on to you the digital PDF of the book Toxic Love. As a ministry, Nancy McCready Ministries, we send 
the ministry of Malcolm Smith, we send, uh, have recently sent an offering to him uh, as he has graciously given us permission to be able to send these out, but we send an offering to him. Um, so, and we could never, we could never, you know, send enough and thank him enough, but it, it is about getting out the message, isn't it? That's what Tent Talk Podcast is all about. That's Nancy McCready Ministries and producing messengers of the cross and laboring and working for a massive house of the fiery love of God, which is going to be quite a house in many locations, in many places, with many beautiful, creative, expressive ways, right? But my friends, email me if you want a copy of the book because you don't have it, and I don't know that there's access any longer on Amazon, but you can check it out. And if you can get it yourself, we'll get it yourself. <laughs> if not, then we will uh, attempt to accommodate the request. Donation or no donation to Nancy McCready Ministries. All right. So there you have it. Uh, a little bit more of a lengthy podcast today, but that's okay, my friends. It's okay. And I look forward to the next conversations that we're going to have as we continue on with him here on Tent Talk, the podcast of Nancy McCready Ministries. Love you all. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccready.com or follow her on social media at nbmccready.com.